Crash Course Live is presented by Smash It Demolition Derbies, who host Bash for Cash, Blizzard Bash, and Capital City Carnage. Online at smashitderby.com. And Stirring Dirt Racing, host of May Mania's team show at the Golden Spike Arena in Ogden, Utah. Online at stirringdirtracing.com. Reckless Abandoned Derby Apparel and Derby Inc. Magazine. This is the Crash Course Demolition Derby Podcast, recorded live at the FingerLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Crash Course. It almost didn't happen. We uh, we had some challenges tonight here at the studio. Uh, Jim ended up coming back, and we had to hit the reset button on a bunch of different very expensive-looking boxes. And thankfully, all of those reset buttons did what they were supposed to do. We had internet signal back in the studio, and here we are for episode uh, number 338. Tyler Smay, the guy in the T-Bird, we heard his name uh, invoked the last couple episodes that we've been on here for over the last two months, we've also heard about Corey Rowan a little bit. We're going to be catching up with both of those guys here through the course of our evening together. Um, I'm going to say right now that I apologize to Frankie Guy. We were supposed to be rolling out his new ad spot tonight. That, because the internet issues that we ran into didn't get done, but we are going to, to, to give him his, his, his due justice a little bit of time on the air where we run through our ad spots. And we also happy to announce that we have been able to renew our program and you'll be hearing about some new stuff from Jeff Hughes Fab Farm coming up from now until June. Um, so that's cool. Some good news today. Uh, this was easily one of the best text messages I've ever got. Um, it even came with the alternating lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase that Ed Brewster is known for. He is going to be discharged and going to be going home. Um, if you check out Ed's last hurrah page, there is uh, a number of um, auctions. And things that are going on, there's all sorts of painted stones. Um, Ed ended up having throat surgery. He's got a little bit of a road of recovery uh, in front of him. He's going to be drinking way more Insure than I think that he's ever wanted to. I know when he first got diagnosed as sick uh, shortly after, um, I think it was shortly after Motorama last year, uh, he started drinking two or three milkshakes a day. So I guess maybe that's not too far of a stretch with the Insure. But Ed is going to be able to go home, which is which is very, very good news. Um, I haven't had the chance to talk to him a whole lot, obviously, with the, the, the throat trouble. But um, nonetheless, he's uh, he's on his way home. So that's, that's very, very good to hear. And also, um, uh, BJ Madigan has a birthday today. Scott Bauer has a birthday today. And our, our own beloved grumpy Mark Benjamin turned 47 today. So happy birthday out to all those guys. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it, it it's been a pretty good day. I'm I'm pretty happy. Brian, we have uh, a very astute listener. Uh, Eric has been keeping tabs on us, and when we hit the go live button tonight, we hit a milestone that I didn't even know that we were about to hit. What's that? Do you know what it might be? Not a clue, but I'm gonna find out. This is the four hundredth time that Crash Course has gone live on FingerLakes1.com or FingerLakes1.tv. Really? 400 times. So that includes when we were live at Blizzard Bash on FingerLakes1 or live at at Bash for Cash at FingerLakes1. It doesn't, however, include all the times that we went live um, just on Facebook, like from quarantine over the spring. It doesn't include the number of times that we went live just on Facebook or just locally for the people that were there. So 
Um, it also doesn't include the, the pay-per-view events that we did. So we've, we've hit the go live button a lot of times. <laughs> and, and this is, this in particular is number, uh, 400, which is, which is just crazy to me. 400 times. Yeah, it's, that's amazing. And, uh, thank you for, uh, for paying that close for attention. That's, uh, that's somebody that really enjoys the show. That, that makes yeah. me feel good. Eric, um, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, man. Um, I mean, the, the stuff we've done and the shows we've had and the places we've gone, um, you know, I, you have a much, uh, much, I don't know if the word's grand, but you, you had a, an idea of what you wanted to do and where you wanted to go. And, you know, I, I've just followed, man, and I, uh, I really enjoy it. It's, uh, it's fun. Um, you know, people seem to like it. So as long as there's demand, let's, let's, let's keep going. I mean, this is, you know, this is, this is cool. It's uh, it's been a heck of a ride. We've covered a lot of stuff. I saw Impact had some announcements, and some news, um, out of Canada. We've got uh, that's Corey joining us on the line right now. I'm gonna slide over here and the earphone rig so that everybody can hear everybody. And uh, and, and we're back. We're back. Uh, <laughs> back over here to our our traditional perch. It's it really has been an incredible ride, and we've had uh, the good fortune of having a ton of guests through here. I was just trying to kind of go through the math of, of all of it when you figure the number of times that we went live from the track with the, the 31st lap plus the studio stuff. A um, handful of times we've gone live from the field with final round. It's, it's, it's like pushing 800. I was going to say, I was, <laughs> yeah, it, it's up there. It's, it's up there. And, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you've been the uh, – you're the you're the consistent part of all of it. I mean, you've you know you've uh, really went out of your way to help motorsports and not just any one one uh, you know one discipline. I mean, you've from demolition derby to drag racing, you've you've covered it all. So um, you know, I, I think the the fans definitely owe you a, uh, a an attaboy and a nice job. Not that you like to hear me say this stuff or you like to deal with that, but. It's true, you know. You really help a lot of people with uh, with getting their uh, motorsports fixed. So, you know, congratulations, and uh, hopefully this this uh, this fun ride keeps on. For sure, absolutely. You know, it's and and the thing is, is without the fans, we wouldn't really be able to do this because we wouldn't be drawing any numbers. And Finger Lakes one would say, "Why exactly are you wasting our time?" So, really, uh, we do appreciate everybody that continues to listen week after week, and hopefully, this one. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to put it out there as early as we like to and uh, catch all the traffic but all the same i know this is going to be a popular one especially on the replays Corey roman and tyler smay joining us through the course of the episode Corey is on the line right now Corey, man how are you not too bad how about you we're doing okay we appreciate you coming on and making some time for us sorry about the confusion with the the internet challenges but uh all the same uh as planned here we are and uh your name's come up quite a bit here in the last two months we were talking about hardcore we talking about um the Keystone Nationals and, and different events that we saw with the Reckless Warrior Tour and trips to Stoneboro and trips to Clarion and trips to uh, the Jefferson County Fairgrounds for the Keystone Nationals out there. Uh, did you realize that you were as popular as, as this? Oh, I don't know that I am. I think, I think you guys are making it out a little bit more than I really am. But no, <laughs> <laughs> um, no I mean, I know my name's definitely out there. I mean, run, run a lot of big shows. People will talk about you, I guess. Whether it's good or bad, we're not sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of really haven't been in the spotlight much lately. Haven't haven't had much time to run. Kind of been a bummer. But 
Hopefully we turn that around this year and get to a couple shows. It it seems like every driver, uh, especially where where we live, in the general sense of of we being us up here in New York, you down there in that part of Pennsylvania, it seems like every couple years there's this there, there's a, a handful of drivers that just sort of they don't take a year off because if you take a year off it's more often that you don't come back to it where the stars just don't align they don't run as often but then when they come back holy crap they come back and they they set the world on fire and and is that by design that you took a little bit of time off or was it just the the stars didn't align to let you get out and run i mean how much of that was covid um well we uh i actually ended up selling my house in the spring and we started building a new one, so I was doing all the excavating and uh, working at the house and getting things ready. So that ate up a lot of the time. And then, you know, my kids getting to the age now, I had to help coach the t-ball team. And, sure. you know, just just was a busy year. Just wasn't, wasn't in the cars to make time for derby and, you know. The new house have a nice 60 by 120 garage with three post, uh, uh, three, four post lifts and everything in it? Well, 40 by 46, uh, <laughs> with two lean-tos, 14-foot full-length lean-tos on the side. Uh, it doesn't have a lift in it in the moment. It's got uh, a bed and a couch and a kitchen in it because that's where we're living until uh, the house is finished up because uh, COVID has the house backed up. You know, We were supposed to be in in October, oh my uh, maybe November at the latest, and uh, yeah, we're not looking to be in until March or April now, so... Good grief. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, not bad. It worked out, worked out all right because I wasn't planning on building the garage till next year anyway. So we had to get in, hurry up, and build so we had somewhere to stay. Uh, so we got a nice finished garage, and we're ready to start building cars in it as soon as, as, soon as the house is done. So. I was just going to say, do you keep everybody else up when you're trying to trying to tinker on stuff over there, the, the wee hours of the morning, and everybody else is in the back of the garage sleeping? Well, you know, I tried to get my talk my wife into letting me get the get the lift, and I told her I can weld right off the living room living room couch while we're watching TV. But, <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, she didn't go for that. <laughs> Who'd have thought? It was a great idea, you know, quality time, you know, family time, not not missing out on any any time while we're building. So, but. funny how that works out like that. <laughs> that um. <laughs> That couch and everything going to stay in the garage, the finished kitchen, is that going to stay in the garage once the house is done? No, that's, uh, all that stuff's taken up well. Uh, you know, the stove and washer and dryer and everything's taken up outlets for the welders, so i got to switch them out or else I won't be able to weld. So that stuff's all, it's all going out. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's got to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to change them plugs out when that stuff moves out, but... I was going to say, once um, once the season got here, you are now without any reason at all to leave the garage. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, I know I'll definitely like whenever we do get the house finished. I've never never had the garage right at the house. I always have to travel a little bit to go work on cars, so it'll be, it'll be a lot more convenient. I know that. Definitely. Definitely. So, Corey, I think this is the first time we've talked to you since you guys went and ran in Vegas. Um you know, we're, we're a little behind, but uh, how fun was that? I mean, to go out there for your first time like that and have the success you guys did, I mean, it, it's uh, it, okay. it kind of, you know, basically, I mean, you know, you, you couldn't really have planned it much better. I mean, you go out there and bring all the money home, that's, uh, that, that's pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great time. Even if we wouldn't have won, it would have, it was it was a great experience. I mean, it was just to be in a place like Las Vegas with as many people that were there with the same interest as you. No matter where you went, you were always running into somebody, whether you knew them or not. You know, you just saw them in the pits, and next thing you know, you're sitting at the tables gambling with them, or you know, hanging out, having a good time. I mean, we met a lot of good people out there. It was it was great, and then obviously. The way the show went, keep finishing off with a win there. I mean, can't ask for any more than that. Yeah, that was definitely great to see you guys go out there and have success like that. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, uh, Pennsylvania and, and, and New York, obviously there's some great drivers, and I think that, you know, people are starting to travel more and are starting to open people's eyes. I mean, you guys, you know, kind of proves you can go wherever and run with the best. I mean, it's it's got to feel pretty, you know, it's got to be very satisfying to, to, you know, to know you could run with the best and, and beat the best. I mean, that's, you know, we, we all get into it for fun, but I mean, when, it, you know, the guys that stick around generally stick around because, you know, they like the success and they like the, the challenge. And I mean, that's, it, it's got to be pretty fulfilling to, to do something like that. Oh, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, it, there's a lot of people starting to travel out, you know, now the Keystone Nationals are, you know, other, you know, firing back up now, but, you know, we but wasn't having all his shows, and everybody kind of ventured out. And that group of people, I mean, they were doing good, you know, all over the place. Uh, winning all, you know, a bunch of different states and shows. I think in 2019, I don't know, there were people, a lot of people that ran, you know, the old uh, Keystone Nationals and stuff were, they were winning everywhere. Yep. Yeah. That is for certain. Yeah, you know. Really good, good for this area. Venturing out and doing well elsewhere. How did that whole conversation come about? Where you're going to end up dragging a car across the country to Vegas? Well, actually, uh, it wasn't even any of our ideas. It was uh, Tyson Coombs wanted to run out there, and we got uh, got a hold of. Frankie Guy and Justin Hartzell and asked for a recommendation into into the show and they did it for us and actually ended up sponsoring us hardcore. Uncle Hardcore gave us some money and sponsored us to get out there and luckily we got uh, my name drawn in the raffle to get one of the last 15 spots. And, uh, unfortunately, Tyson didn't get to make it out. He ended up getting sick and Brett Rallier took our took his spot and Got us all out there. The rest is history. But I mean, it was it was fun. We can't wait to do it again. Where does that? Not so much the the, the win. Obviously, the win's going to be pretty high. But just the experience itself. I mean, you you alluded a little bit to it about you know going and, and suddenly you find yourself at the at the gambling tables with everybody. The atmosphere and and running at an event like that. You've been part of big shows, but. That is that is the extreme version of uh, running outside of your hometown where you don't necessarily know everybody. Yeah, I mean it was that that was a whole other element to it. I would recommend anybody to go out and watch that show and go out there for the week. Like I said, I mean up and down Fremont Street, there's people everywhere, and uh, I mean the amount of friends we made out there was unreal. You know, take a day you know, on inspection and whatnot. And, you know, we went out to the Grand Canyon, Hoover Dam, and 
went out and sightseeing a lot. You know, it was just, it was a good, it was a fun trip with a fun derby on top of it. Right on. Is there one derby that is there one derby that stands out sort of as your favorite, um, be it locally or or on a national scale or, or maybe both, for that matter? Because different different derbies have their different charms, and and running locally, you get to revive the rivalries. Uh, running outside of the hometown, you get to see all sorts of different sites. Is there any derbies that that stand out to you as ones that are like, wow, I really can't wait to get back there. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I really wish Keystone was still, you know, running like it was, with, you know, full protectors and everything. Uh, mm. That was hands down my favorite derby. I mean, <laughs> there was always good people coming in. Uh, that was that was always a good show, good hard hitting, fast pace. Um, but yeah, that, that that was my favorite hands down. And it was, you know, that's actually my local county fair, so. Right. I mean, it was kind of kind of all worked out together there. So, uh, in terms of the hardcore season, is that something that you're going to be able to gear up for in a in a serious way? Yeah, uh, I got two cars in the garage right now, uh, getting packed back together. I'm gonna try and try and hit their shows pretty hard this year. Uh, I think he's got six or seven of the hardcore class. I'd like to at least get to five of them. Um, yeah, they, them guys are doing they're doing a pretty good thing there. And I haven't really been able to support in the last year or two years because of how busy I've been, and not really running. So sure, uh, you're gonna gonna hit them. Uh, hopefully, he's got a big show at the end of the year. I think it's paying ten thousand to win. Right. Not only is it paying ten thousand to win, but they've also got a three thousand dollar mad dog. Jeffy's Fab Farm jumping behind that at the uh, the final encounter coming up at the end of the season. Three thousand dollar mad dog is nothing to shake a stick at either. No, no. I'm sure there'll be a couple of people chasing that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to run for them guys. Uh, gonna try my hand out at King of Ohio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, triple D promotions, and then get a car ready for them. Debating on going down and running the Dead Man show this spring. Right. Not sure if that's going to happen now or not. But yeah, it's been a little bit up in the air. Um, we sort of been just letting TJ run his course and, and talk to the people that he has to get to, and then he'll get back with us and let us know when the what the details are because I'm, I'm sure he's getting bombarded on all sides. Uh, with people looking for details on it, I mean, right now it's it's a little over. It's scheduled to be a little over three months from now, so certainly yeah. some challenges there for No Mercy, which is supposed to be down there in Maryland with um, Dead Man Derby promotions. Hopefully, you can get it in, but um, it's not looking good. You know, there's 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 more and more. Uh, I guess there's more ominous clouds on the horizon, if you will. Looking forward yeah. to what might happen with some of these early spring shows. Um, hopefully they can get in, but yeah, it's, it needs to be it's seen. hard to say. I know Brookfield's having theirs too, and, and it's just, just hard to say what all what all is going to happen a couple months from now as far as the, everything getting shut down. I'd just move all the derbies to Pennsylvania. It's, it's safe there. They got football. They got derbies. Everything's good, man. Let's just go to PA. <laughs> yeah, you're just not allowed to have anybody at them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the issue. 
That is the, uh, that's the issue. Frank, you, can, you can have the event. You just can't have any spectators for anything. Frankie yeah, Guy checking in in the live chat. Tommy Woodbury hanging out. Jacob Gillum saying hello. Good to see everybody tuning in. Um, yep, we are we are on, and, and boy, we... Uh, we made it in just under the wire with some some internet issues here in the studio, but but thankfully we were able to get everything put back together and and squared away. Uh, catching up with Corey Roman for a few minutes here. Corey's been brought up by by various guests and drivers, not just us. He he blamed us for all this attention. It was the other it was, it was the other drivers that were bringing it up as well. Um, <laughs> how did you get into Demolition Derby to begin with? Uh, you know, as long as I can remember, Sykes Lagging Youth Fair was. Uh, it's a smaller fair. It's still in the same county as Jefferson County, but it's just kind of standalone. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandpa used to always donate equipment and did a lot of work there. And that was something I always wanted to watch. It was a demolition derby every year. I think when I turned 15, and was at one of my friend's house and looked in his neighbor's backyard, and he had a old front-wheel drive Chrysler back there. I think I went and bought it for... 25 or 40 bucks or something and <laughs> brought it home and yeah i had my grandpa weld the door shut for me and been running ever since <laughs> see see everybody starts with the good cars everybody starts with mopars and they branch off to something else it's always <laughs> the mopar that gets you into it well you know when you don't win for so long you got to change right oh, <laughs> oh, oh man <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, I don't know. Turbocharged four-cylinder front-wheel drive Dodge Lancer is a, a good car. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't fare too well for me. I think you lost it at uh, Lancer. I've had I've had very good luck in Chrysler products. I, I have. I can't. I can't say anything bad about them. I prefer GM though. Where did we see you? You had a '68 Imperial at one point, didn't you? Was that a Stoneboro? Uh, I had uh, all the subframers I've had have been '71 to three. So, oh, okay. I mean, looking at full framer here, I've been running for the last couple years in the kicker class. So, you know, a little wide framer out back, and other subframer sitting here. So, I mean, I've, 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 I've dabbled in them, mostly <laughs> Imperials. But, That's uh. That's always yeah, good to hear. Yeah, a couple shockers and wide framers throughout the years. But. Well, if you're going to dabble in Chrysler, you might as well dabble with Imperials. I mean, that's, you know, it's a pretty nice car to dabble with. Yeah. yeah. It's not we've, to play with them much anymore. We've, uh, we've seen you have some real good runs in your in Cadillacs with that. Would you say Caddies are your favorite of the GM products, or? Um, to the right rules. I've had I've had real good luck with a Cadillac over the years. Uh, really, it all it all depends on the rules. Um, I mean, I like I like Buicks and old. Never shy away from a wagon either. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. too partial on one car at all. Really, that's cool. And I'll run them all. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean. Cadillac, though, I, I know the majority of my bigger money runs have been on in a Cadillac, for sure. Yeah, we've, we've seen you have some pretty good runs in your uh, your caddies, that's that's for sure. Always always there at the end when you saw you running your caddies. 
I think it was the last year that we were down for the Keystone Nationals. Uh, if not the last year, then maybe it was the year that Pete won it with no steering, duking it out with the Quenzlers. I seem to remember Corey had a car that, that had come way, way over in the back. The, the the back had folded over, but somehow the thing was still moving and drove that thing down deep. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the, the amount of frame drag and the way that that rear end was pitched over, you thought the thing would have stopped, but it kept moving, and you got down there a little ways. Yeah, that would uh, that was... 2014, I believe that was over the year Pete won. Yeah, uh, that was my leftover bash car. I just figured I'd go have fun and try and get Mad Dog. Just one of them runs that everything was going right. I ended up just getting stuck in the mud <laughs> because the frame yeah. rails were four inches below ground level. <laughs> yeah, and then there was about 12 inches of mud on the track too because it poured down rain. Right, for two right. days straight. <laughs> yeah, that was a floppy show. Ah, uh, that was that was terrible. I remember it was, that was. I mean, it was running up through the floorboards and all the way up my ankles. Oh. <laughs> it was it was muddy. It was bad. Wow, that's that's a nice track though. I I I like how that track set up. That's that's pretty neat. I'd I'd like to get back there and see another show. Yeah, they're uh, well. They're running that spring show there this year. Uh I don't even know what the dates are on it. Um, spring, Brookville Spring Nationals. Yeah, that's the oh, first good payout and stuff, too. Uh, yeah, this is the first I've heard of it. Little I, soccer than I like to run, so I'm going to have to skip out on it. But. Are we, a bunch of the promoters that we've talked to have always talked to, have, have spent some time acknowledging the the ebb and flow of the sport you're on a different side of it as a builder they say it comes up to a point where everything's full well and everything's all braced up and built and then it takes too long to build a car so they want to go back stock and the next year it's well we want it stock but we still want to be able to use this this and this and it would help if we could do this and that and get another round of the car and over two yeah, three I mean, years it, it gets it back up going full circle. <laughs> yeah so where are you at i mean you you prefer to go to the go to the absolute max and stay there or do you like the stocker builds at times um you know, I I wouldn't have a problem with a stock build. I just got tired of breaking stuff. I, I broke like three blocks. Right. I think that was 2014. And ever since then, I just I've had no desire to run out a cradle. And you know, I'll run a bone stock car. Just give give me the give me the engine protection. You know. Sure. Give me a slider. Give me a brace for the end. I'll run anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just not a Dodge Lancer. Sure. A uh, bunch of folks checking in here. Uh, Tom Bell hanging out. Uh, we, we saw Jacob Gillen. Um, Dead Man registration open today. So Dead Man at this point is still a go. Christy Germain uh, from up over the border. Devin had a birthday. I, I don't know if we mentioned that or not. Devin had a birthday uh, here recently. Turned 29. 29, possibly 29 again. Hard to say. But uh, Devin, <laughs> Devin had a birthday. They've, they've mapped out their schedule, had some announcements forthcoming, and um, much like the Super Dirt Car Series here locally, the, their schedule came out um, last week. A lot of plans up over the border, but we still need to see that border opened up so that the guys can get back and forth. I don't think any Modifieds are going to Drummondville, and I don't think any uh, Derby cars are going to um, Humberstone if we don't get that border opened up and, and straightened out. But um, 
you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll remedy itself as we go forwards. Uh, Tony Godwin checking in. He said the last time he saw uh, you run, a wheel fell off the back. So I guess that's probably not good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scott Kiefer saying hello, and uh, he says that I missed the train. I didn't miss the train. The train was the train was basically uh, uh, right outside our window. I don't know if anybody heard it. I don't know how you could have missed it, but yeah, the. Uh, the 530 yeah, special ran a little bit. Yeah, uh, snapping both my axle tubes in the Imperial at Frankie's show. Yeah. <laughs> snapped them right off. James McLean, Spartan checking in, JYD and, and Hitman all listening as well. Good to hear from those guys. They had a they had a pretty good weekend in, in Pop's launch of the his Sunday afternoon league. Ended up taking home a, a second place and a third place. So that was that was pretty good for that crew. They've been winning quite a lot of behind the uh, the computer screens because we don't have any other derbies going on this time of year. But congratulations out to to those guys. Um, Christy Germain, we did, didn't we? Christy Germain was asking about an article on Corey in Derby Inc. magazine long, long ago. And I, I do believe that you were featured in a, in a cover story on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Reckless Warrior series. We... We did one. I had. I, uh, she wrote an article up on me there. Yep, that's right. Man, the things that the things that we remember and the things that we forget. Jeez, Man, hard thing to believe. That was almost six years ago now. I know, right? And hard and, to believe. And and what has changed in in six years in terms of the technology of demolition derby, the build styles, the promoters that are having success and momentum, and and it's uh. It's a different world now. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bills, I mean, everybody, anything you were a little bit ahead on, you know, five, six years ago, unless everybody else is figuring out by now, you know, I mean, the, the cars seem to be a lot closer. Uh, you know, obviously everybody's got good drivetrains now, uh, good cars. And the car counts are getting lower, so, I mean, it's mostly all good cars. The whole, you know, the whole derby now it's definitely getting getting tougher uh, competition wise. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty much all about the same stuff. <laughs> it's uh, trying to find loopholes and trying to get yelled at for it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you know it going in, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like. A lot, of, a lot of the freedoms getting kind of people are getting a little carried away on some of the things that you know promoters were letting go and you know, they're getting a little too far over the top mm-hmm. they're kind of you know tightening up the rules everywhere here and there but uh is that so all bad all, it's pretty close to the same i'd say is that so bad having the rules uh tightened up in the sense of them being more clear so that there's not so much cutting that you have to do so there's not so many issues in the tech line um, see, I'm a pretty big believer in, I don't like shows where they tell you there's only one way to do things. You know, I like, I like the idea of 10 different people showing up with 10 different ways of accomplishing the same thing, you know? Uh, whenever they come down and they tell you where you got to put your bumper plates or, you know, exactly how they want it or where they want it or exactly how the sway bar to be mounted, you know, just little things, you know, I like. I like seeing uh, shows where they let you get a little more creative and 
You know, not not load shows by any means, not plating them up, but you know, if you got a good idea and, and it fits the rules, uh, I like seeing places that they let you keep it, not cut it off because nobody else has it. You know. Sure. But yeah, I mean. Brian and I have talked about this topic, but never in the terms that we're sort of uh, touching on right now. You know, the way that you build a wagon in Kansas is different than the way that you build a wagon in Wisconsin, and it's different than the way you build a wagon in Ohio. Not the joke of overbuild it and cut it when you get there, but just, just the theory of what you want the wagon to do. And when you bring a tech inspector in who is versed in a particular car, and they write the rules for that, it almost seems like you have to build the car the way that that person built theirs to the degree that they became expert in it. And it does take away some of that creativity. I never really thought about that until you just brought it up in that sense and thinking about where you are in Pennsylvania and and, infringing in Ohio and and Virginia and some of the other areas is when you do get that degree of expertise, it does almost pigeonhole you into having to build the car that person's way because that's what they know or that's the position that they come from and it does eliminate some of that creativity and potentially even takes away your ability to make the car do what you want it to do yeah and see i'm a big believer in if you want to have a good show where everybody drives hard every every driver on that track has to have confidence they got something the other guy doesn't you know sure so the more options you give people the more different people out on that track think they have something that you don't but in reality you're probably all even you know you just did it in different ways right you know like uh hardcore's allowing kickers or full engine protection mm-hmm. you know the kicker guys are going to think the kickers are better and the full engine protection guys are going to think the full engine protection is better right. what are they going to do they're going to meet in the middle nose to nose and you're going to get a better show right. you know that's true but, very true that's a great I mean, point. That was always my outlook on it. But. You know, I was yeah. I was watching some, some stuff today on YouTube, and I've decided that, you know, the Northeast, which includes, to me, Pennsylvania, New York, you know, we in the shows that allow it, you know, we, there's some guys that build some hard cars, and we use them. You know, I mean, it's, there's, it's hard to find, you know, sandbagging derbies. I mean, there's some guys that drive a little easier, but, you know, there's some shows you, you see on YouTube, and, I mean, these guys are driving, you know, basically Blizzard Bash cars, and they're, you know, they're barely hitting. But, I mean, you, you come back and find shows, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, Virginia, um, you know, Ohio, some parts of Ohio. Um, guys are getting after it, and that's that's something I, I really noticed. It's just like it, it hit me, like it's – you know, guys like to build hard in our area, and you know, obviously Chris mentioned what our area is, but they also like to drive hard. So, I mean, I I, I agree. I you know, I I'd love to see you know, I, I love to see hard built cars, and I love to see them driven hard. So it's, I I can totally understand and, and agree with what you're talking about. That's you know, that's yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in middle of the road stuff. You know, like limited weld, mile weld, whether you like protectors or not. But you know, if you're if you look at both ends of the spectrum. If you have a bone stock car, you don't have the confidence to go nose-to-nose with another car because you know they're both going to bend, right? So if you're trying to go for a big money show and you're in both in bone stock, you can't make any hard hits because you know you only got a couple. Right. And now on the other end of the spectrum, you go into the kicker class and you got kickers and your play today aren't forward like you are now. 
you don't go nose to nose in that class either because when something does go, it's real expensive to fix, and you know you don't have the you don't have the confidence that you're going to bend the other car because it's just nothing but plate ARs forward, you know. Right. Yeah. I like the middle the middle of the road shows where you got a little freedom to do some stuff different. And yep. Move some things around, and you get a little extra confidence that somebody else might not have what you have. I think that's where you get your higher pay shows, you know. And that yeah, also sure. that also brings us around full full circle back to that debate. Do you make everybody even on track through the inspection line, or do you make everybody even on paper to the letter of the black and white rule book? And that's that's always a debate because there's never a good answer for that either. Well, I, I don't think you make everybody even. You, you, the people that put more effort in should be above the people that put less effort in. You know, if you want to run a big show, no, I mean, not, this isn't county fair, but like a big show, mm. you can't expect somebody that worked on their car for a year and put more thought into it than the other guys to cut their cars down to the other guys if they're legal, you know? Right, right. If they, you know, if they study the rules and they find something, I, I don't believe in making them cut. And I think that's where we get into the world of, like, Pete Hansen, who I'm pretty sure has turned a dump truck into a time machine. He has rules for 2025 and already has the frame in the shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I just hate seeing people like that punished, you know? Well, I don't yeah. know if it's necessarily uh, – I, I, I don't – I disagree. I don't think that it's necessarily something where you're punishing somebody. You've got somebody that comes in and – and they're overbuilt, right? Somebody who's overtly overbuilt or somebody who is overtly underbuilt. And you have a duty as a promoter to make sure, one, nobody gets hurt. So you can't let a car that's underbuilt go out there. Uh, you got to at least point out to them where they can do things different or improve things to make sure that their car is safe. And also, if you got somebody that's overbuilt, they got to make sure that it's cut or you take things out. And that overbuilt car is going to have things, Corey, that you don't have or that, that Brian doesn't have or whoever. And that's the that's that impasse that I'm talking about. You make sure that that car is legal when it pulls onto the track, so that what it has, it has not found a way. The builder has not found a way to give themselves a performance advantage over everybody else out there. Or do you just make sure that the car is legal to the playbook that was laid out at the get go? Because rulebook is essentially a performance based contract. You come with a car designed to these specific parameters that I given you, and if you are the top performer, I agree that I will pay you an X amount of money for that performance. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer. I've been on both sides of it. I've had right. cars that people didn't like, and I've been way underbuilt to what other people had because I missed things in the rules. I I mean, it, it's happened to me where, in my mind, what I did was perfectly legal, word for word, right. <laughs> to the rule. I had to cut it, and in turn, that ruined the car because I built my car around that, you know? So... Now, yeah, you might think in your head if you were an inspector making somebody cut, but when you don't know the whole chain of events of what was done on the car, you might just ruin that car. Absolutely. Over one little thing that was technically legal. So, right. it's uh, well, you've got all of this time this winter in that nice new garage where you can look at those two beauties that are sitting in the bays from the comfort uh, of your own couch while you're folding laundry. <laughs> Well, you're folding the laundry and getting ready to move into the new house and, and, and map all these plans out for a for hopefully what's going to be a busy and, and successful 2021. Um, yeah. Is there anybody that you want to make mention of or anything? Um, I mean, 
No, I mean, uh, John's cared. Hopefully we can get him a good run this year. He's been helping me out quite a bit. Um, he's, he's wanting to get in some bigger shows and getting his, uh, getting his set up lined up. And, uh, and that's really about it. I mean, obviously you can't wait to run with Pete and Brett and Chance again. Do some practice for the next time we go out to Vegas. I mean, Davey Chapman's always, always helped me out with something, you know, Smith Metalworks always are, uh, Obviously, I got a couple of new engines hitting here ready for this year. Brent Johnson at Redline. Uh, fresh granny from Bill Hurlbrink. I mean, I'm getting, getting all the pieces in place, and I wouldn't be able to do it without all them guys. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully I can hold up my end and get all that stuff to victory lane. Well, that would be awesome. We look forward to uh, following up with you after you get back into Victory Lane this year. We're certainly looking forward to it. And, and of course, um, keep us posted how the builds are going, how the house is going. Stay in touch. Let us know what's going on down there. And um, I appreciate you making some time for us. we gotta, we got to get Tyler on here before we get too late on him. Yeah, thanks for having me. Congratulations on 400 episodes. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thanks, it means man. a lot. I appreciate it. Hey, you guys have a good one. Thanks, Corey. We'll see you. Corey Roman, uh, yeah, still uh, still can't believe that this was the 400th time, but sure enough, it is. It's uh, just where we're at. It's kind of um, kind of cool. So let's do this stuff real quick, and we'll get this part done while we get uh, Tyler on the line. Dead Man Derby online. Deadmanderby.com registration opened today, and it is a go for. Uh, for the Dead Man Show, No Mercy coming up in spring 2021. Compact heats on Friday, along with the 80s Pro Stock heats and the half-ton trucks and SUVs. The last chance events are on Saturday. Youth Compacts, Imperials, the minivan, mini truck, and mini SUV divisions all on deck as well on Saturday. Full-size team one and done. Dead Man Compacts, Pro Stocks, three-man team compact features, six grand to win, the Mercenaries. That's a one and done, 3,000 to win. Uh, make sure you jump online. Find out more about it if you didn't get registered online. Deadmanderby.com. Smash it, Demolition Derby. Uh, looking forward to catching up with Tim here in the coming weeks. Many thanks to everybody who supported Smash It end to end this year. It was a challenging and unprecedented season. Couldn't do without the partners, all the folks in the inspection line, the fans, fair boards, and all the supporters plus the drivers. With all sincerity, they say thanks. Online, Smash It Derby.com. Jeffy's Fab Farm. Jeffy's got some new stuff coming out. He's got a one-piece uh, uh, cable mount that just came out that he basically started out having uh, a multitude of, and within minutes, the first week of January, he was already in the negative. So congratulations to Jeffy on, on opening 2021 with some success, jeffysfabfarm.com. They're an industry leader. They started off things just trying to make some stacks for their buddies. Now they specialize in LS conversion components, all sorts of various header offerings They, they last year. They released the four-cylinder engine mount for the Camrys, the Hyundai Elantra uh, header combinations. The store offers bumper-to-bumper selection, including fuel and air parts, suspension and transmission items, steering components, pedal shifters, switches, and gauges. If you need it, you can find it on the farm. Smith Metalworks, we heard them referenced. Uh, They were on the side of of Corey's car and the team when they went out there to uh, Vegas. It's an all-purpose fabrication shop taking the Northeast by storm. 
40 years of combined metalworking experience. The hallmark of the product line is the, are the point in the flat bumpers and the super stock bumpers. All those replicate popular factory releases. Stuff them, run them hollow. It's up to you. They also make Crown Victor skins, battery boxes, engine mounting system, pedal combos, and shifters. The shop offers all the odds and ends, such as distributor clamps and weld centers. Be sure to ask about the GM floor liners. Locations in Mercer, Uniontown, and in Bethlehem. They can also ship it to your door online, smithmetalworks.info. So we've got Tyler Smay waiting in the wings here. We're going to catch up with Tyler here, and we'll get everything back on track for the balance of the program here this evening. It looks like we're just about on time for Tyler, so that's good. Uh, didn't really know how tonight was going to go, about uh, 5.45, but everything has, has seemed to align all right. And then finally, uh, jump online, punch in Hardcore Derby. They've got a busy, busy, busy schedule, and it's all going to culminate with that final encounter, 10,000 to win. And that one, um, they're going to be taking qualifiers through the course of the year. They're going to be back at all the all the haunts that they were, a bunch of shows at, at Roaring Knob. Um, outstanding outstanding reputation that they built through the course of 2020 one of the only promoters that was able to consistently have cars out there and they were drawing monster numbers and then you don't want to overlook that three thousand dollar hellraiser award that they're going to be giving out at the end of the year um, online hardcore derby appreciate frankie guy coming on board we're going to be he's going to be with us for the duration of the run so we're going to be talking with frankie on a pretty pretty regular basis and talking with his drivers and his winners from down there as well um, straight through to the conclusion of the final encounter. Looking forward to that. Big thanks out to Hardcore and Frankie Guy. Tyler Smay joining us on the line. Tyler is another one of those guys that has gotten a lot of attention, social media, and uh, some of the guests on the show have referred to that guy in the T-Bird. And, and as soon as we heard it, we knew that they were talking about Tyler, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So the guy in the T-Bird, is that a reputation you want? Um, it, it just kind of happened. <laughs> uh, it wasn't really planned. Um, they just kind of kept finding me. So I them. <laughs> the T-Birds just follow you home? Uh, more or less, yeah, the last couple of years. Um, you know, I, I, I quit even putting ads out to try to buy. Uh, they just, you know, from tagging me and, you know, saying, hey, here's a T-Bird for sale. And it's kind of happened. What's the best lie you've ever told to somebody when you bought a T-Bird? <laughs> Oh, uh, I bought one you know, a couple of years ago, and I told him I was going to turn it into a drag car. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a uh, it was a four twenty eight Turbojet sixty six, wow. uh, power window, power lock, power seat, AC car. Um, it was on Craigslist for two or three months. I was the first guy to show up with uh, a trailer in cash. Wow, and it was cherry. Absolutely, Jerry. Is that the nicest T-Bird you've wrecked, or has there been nicer? Oh, it was it was the nicest one by far. I pulled the carpet up in the forks. It was still shiny. <laughs> you still have the motor, or do you sell the motor? Uh, it, it was a roller. It was a roller, yeah. So it, no motor, no tranny. But, yeah, I was uh, going to say that. That motor would be worth a lot of money to have that sitting in your garage. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I shouldn't say it was a Cobra Jet. It was just a regular 428, but, you know, to the T-Bird guys, they're fairly collectible, but, you know, to me, they all smash the same, so. Yeah, yeah. it was funny because Chris and I had just went to, well, not just, but we'd been out to Minnesota and see a couple of T-Birds ran, and then 
but they were heavier. Like it was a heavier build, but you know, then we got to see you run yours and yours. I mean, everyone I've seen you run has been tough and I, I felt like held up well. So it, and it's neat to see when guys run something different. Like we hadn't seen a lot of them, you know what I mean? So it was, well, it's, I, it's, go ahead. I think that, I think that was part of the appeal to them is, you know, everybody builds a four, five, six GM, you know, everybody builds a crown back and, you know, I just kind of fell into them, and they're different. I like a challenge. You know, you, you can't hop online and say, hey, how do I build this car? You know, yeah. and I, I like the, the build aspect as much as I like running the actual car. Yep. The, you know. The, the cars themselves, um, you haven't driven much besides T-Birds for, for a while. Uh, is it? Is it a fair comparison that you build that sort of in the the same theory as when you build a uh, suicide Lincoln? Um, it's it's similar. Yeah, it's it's a arms forward is is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, a arms back, throw it out the window. <laughs> um, if if you're used to building full frame cars, throw everything you know completely out the window. <laughs> And start over, <laughs> right? <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no spring pockets. There's no nothing. You have to think of it as like a '60s Mustang because they have spring towers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, instead of spring pockets. The oil spring sits on top of the upper A arm, and they're 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 really goofy. They're really goofy. Well, you, uh, you, you've had plenty of success in them. The, the red one uh, from Jefferson County Fairgrounds is what stands out to me. Sort of the same story as Corey, actually. That, that thing had no business still even moving the way that that had shifted over so far. It was the, the rear axle was about even with the back seat, and the sheet yeah. metal was just not there anymore. Yeah, um, that, was, uh, that was the first T-Bird um, that I had built. Uh, it was pretty rusty. Um, you know, way underbuilt, even to the rules, because I had no idea. You know, it, it was all a guess at that point in time, um, you know, for the most part. Uh, no slider, 28.9 inch. You know, I was just happy to be there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I like to think I got a little better with them. Right. But, uh, you know, there's a, there's a few guys around that are running them, and, and uh, they do, you know, they they build good good stuff out of them. But, uh, it, it was it was a challenge, um, you know, to the rules that I run. There's not much more to do with, them. right? So, well, there's a bunch of comments coming in on the live chat that that you're on the rev limiter. From beginning to end, and you have the loudest T-Bird that, that Justin Hartzell has ever heard. <laughs> I uh, I was all Ford, all Ford drive. <laughs> Rear end, mission, motor, the whole nine. And uh, last year, I uh, I went to the dark side, I went to LS. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and everybody says they're good, so I built one. And I put the limiter at 7,000, and I, I just put it on the limiter all night to see what would happen. It's going to blow up or it's going to stay together. And uh, it, it stayed together. 7,012 is what it 
what it turned when I pulled the data out of the box. So, uh, you know, it did all right. Yeah, those go? motors will definitely scream, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just a baby 4.8. Uh, I put a cam in it, good bow springs. Uh, I wrote the tune in the box. Um, you know, a couple other oddments here and there. But uh, I figured if it's going to blow up, it's going to blow up good. So, um, <laughs> it, it stood, nice. it, you know, it withstood 7,000. Um, it's actually apart right now. Um, I'm going to change the valve train a little bit and uh, switch it over to methanol. And we're going to see if we can't get eight grand out of it this year. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, we when uh, when we run small box Chevys up here, race motors, turn them eighty five hundred all night long, and they like it. So I mean, I'm I'm sure with a with a proper wrenching, you could probably get eighty five hundred out of an LS and just oh, keep right on singing. Absolutely. You know, I went from a, a small block Ford that made 125 horsepower on a good day, you know, <laughs> to an LF that, you know, even if you don't know what you're doing, you're still going to make good power with it. And, uh, you know, I'm happy with it. I did, I built a uh, turbo 400 over the winter for myself. You know, I did the engine, you know, this past winter. And uh, I figured, what the heck, we're going to see what happens. And, uh, it works pretty yeah. good. So I got a, I got a five three in the stand. I have a six zero coming in. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yep, you got to find the edge. That's you know, that's that's what my brother always says about racing. You got to find the edge. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the only way to find it is to go out there and test it. So, might right. as well do it. You know, it's cheap horsepower. I mean, there's okay. there's millions of them out there. You yeah. blow one up, you go to, you know, some guy down the road. You go to the pick and pull. You get another short block for a couple hundred bucks and throw a set of heads on it, you know, good valve train, and you just twist the crap out of it until it comes apart and throw it away and get another one. Absolutely. Jason McCarty is asking about the car at Listy. Oh, um, the the car I ran at the hardcore show this year, uh, Lauren Dog, was actually... I had no plans on running it there because I built a car specifically to test the drivetrain out. Um, it was a stock style show. It's like an hour from us, hour and a half. Mm. Um, a little bit too much, I guess, because they didn't let me run. Uh -oh. uh, so we took a basically a stock style car to the hardcore full size class down Roy Knob. And I was like, well, we got nothing for these guys, so we're just going to go crazy. <laughs> and uh, everything, well, the drivetrain held together great. Car, car completely wasted. Yeah. But, um, you know, I paid 250 for it. was a parts car. It was rusty. Everything was good. <laughs> uh, Those cars have such a... Uh, they're so light, and when you put yeah. them side by side, like when you pull out and there's like Oldsmobile and seventy five Cadillac, oh, and oh, they're they, tiny. They they're are tiny. so small, and and you know you've got that mobility advantage. But are you giving anything up in terms of what you can do in terms of collapsing front ends and stuff like that with those cars because they don't carry so much mass? Well, they're they're like you said, they're very mobile. Mm -hmm. 
they definitely are down, you know, probably a thousand pounds, fifteen hundred pounds. You know, you get some of the old, you know, four or five, six Gs. Um, you know, I'm way down on weight. Um, mobility, you know, I think is the one of the advantages to those cars. Mm-hmm. Um, the other advantages is nobody's really seen one, you know, right. up this way. Um, you know, most of the T-Birds they've looked at have been either mine or, you know, some of my close buddies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can kind of skate through on a couple things, you know, but they're, uh, they take a lot of work. You you can build, you know, do a super stock style rule set. You could probably build two or three Crown Vicks to every D-Bird. Whoa. Um, nothing, nobody makes parts for them. You know, there, there's no, you know, you can't go buy ball joints, aftermarket ball joints for one of these cars. You know, there's no spinning parts. There's no nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing fits. Um, they're goofy. <laughs> and it's, I don't know why I do it to myself, but for some reason I just decided to keep building them. Well, when you find what works, you stick with it, and and if nothing else, it's 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 garnered plenty of attention, and you certainly turned the heads of the folks over at Hardcore with the effort that you put out uh, this year uh, with the cars that you brought and and run with those guys. So that's um that should be a bit of a feather in the cap, and and I love looking at the pictures that you post of of the cars when they're done. There's just a neat looking car when they're built as a derby car and then you put up the aftermath picks and they just, they look cool when they're torn up too. our first exposure to them. Really? Uh, I'm, I've been trying to think back as we were talking, I don't remember really ever seeing a Thunderbird. I remember hearing stories about it and pictures on we crash, but the first time I think I ever saw one run was when we saw Zacharias out there at winter slam that first year that we went out there and he won mad dog and the feature with it. And I think then we saw yours that summer. And the next time we saw him was when we went to uh, Wadena for the team show. Zacharias had a, a – Kurt and CJ each had teams, and they had T-Birds there. But they, you don't you don't run into them a lot. No, they're, uh, they're kind of an oddball car, but, you know, they're, they're cheap compared to, you know, a lot of other type of cars out there. Um, Wait, hang on. Know. Wait a second. John Lamer is calling you out in the live chat and you have understated your story that in the process of one of those runs, you inverted a pointy on the front of one of your T-Birds. Yeah, I still, I still have it in the front yard actually. Yes. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. um, (laughs) It was the, it was a team show 2017 up at Stoneborough. Okay. Uh, Me, me, Chance, and Casey put on a team. Um, you qualified one night, and then the next night you ran the feature. Mm-hmm. Um, once you qualified, you got four foot of uh, quarter inch, four inch plate. You could use it however, wherever you wanted to. <laughs> and um, so we we pounded the plate to the front of the car because the back of the T bird's worthless. Right. Forget about it. And uh, seam loaded, uh, pointy, completely flat, inverted actually wow. into the course support. <laughs> That's awesome. That's impressive. Yeah. And that, 
after the, after we ran up there, uh, one of my good buddies, he had some equipment. We strapped it down to his trailer, pulled it back down, and I took it down to New Alexandria for their fall brawl. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ran on three wheels messing like because I lost the ball joint. But uh, the, the uh, beat of the point he was uh, where my radiator would have been. And uh, it was on the inside of the core support. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. The uh, the steering components, the ball joints and stuff, so what do you do? you fabricate your own, or do you retrofit other control arms on the front so that you can use those better ball joints? What do you do? Um, I, 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 I keep the stock T-Bird uppers. Okay. And... Um, I run some Chrysler parts on the lowers, uh, Chrysler lower, Chrysler ball joint, and I run a uniball style ball joint up for the upper ball joint. And uh, crown deck spindles. You, you know, it's, it's just a mismatch of parts. Depending on the rules, I run aftermarket tie rods. Um, I actually run three point hitch top links for tie rods. Um, you buy it for twenty four bucks a tractor supply. Huh. So <laughs> the, the three quarter heim joints is basically what they are. You sleeve them down to five eighths or grade eight in it. Call it good. Um, you know they're just they're strange cars. Uh, it took me a long time to figure out a suspension setup that the geometry was still decent, so where your camber wasn't. Equally, you know, towed in, towed out, right. um, and uh, <laughs> you know, they, they're, they're just strange cars. They take a lot of work. Nothing fits. Um, I, you know, I like I said, I went to the LS this year. Um, I didn't know what to do for an oil pan, so I just built my own. Uh, built an oil pan, built a pickup tube to make it fit to the car. Um, <laughs> Way different than putting a small block board in one. Right. So. Well, I hope you keep doing it. It sounds like a real pain in the neck to put one of those together, but but the the rewards, if nothing else, um, you've built a reputation and name for yourself. Uh, Fun driver to watch for sure. Uh, Tyler Smay making some time for us here tonight to talk a little bit about the the T-Birds, known all over in Pennsylvania as the guy with the T-Birds and, and Tyler <laughs> delivers on, on every last bit of it. Anybody that you want to make mention of here before we got to get out of here? Um, you know, I have to say like, uh, last year, two years ago, uh, Josh Charles and myself, we actually started a promotion company, mm-hmm. uh, for demolition derby, um, high octane promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same stories a lot of guys have had, you know, for time to see in the county fairs, as bad as they have gotten. Right. Um, you know, we kind of stepped away from the county fairs and, you know, running the county fairs, so we figured we should try to, give you know, give the drivers in the local area something to go to instead of getting run over. So, you know, we've been, we've been focusing a lot of time towards that. Um... You know, I have to thank my girlfriend, Jenna, because most of the time I'm in the garage. So a lot of the house projects get pushed back. But, uh, you know. 
time. So awesome. Well, we do appreciate you making some time for us here this evening. Uh, it was a good to catch up with you. I look forward to doing it again. Let us know how that season develops for High Octane, and uh, and as things develop, if you pick up any new shows, let us know. We'll get that information out there. Absolutely. Thank you guys for your time, Tyler. Man, appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. See you now. Bye. Thoughts from Tyler Smay, the guy in the T-Bird. Uh, man, fun conversation. I'm really glad that we got the show in. I was I was really nervous there because we had lined this up, and, and these are a couple guys that have been talked about a little bit here in the last two months. Wanted to get some thoughts from them and, and where things were at, both of them looking to spend a little bit of time in Western Pennsylvania this year, which is good. Good to see those guys getting back on track. And then Tyler with the promotions company going to try and help uh, right some of the um, – Straight ships, if you will, in terms of the county fair level stuff. Uh, Charlie Webb talking about WFO. Can't argue there. Scott uh, Drenovac talking a little bit about in the live chat one of the topics that we had hit on uh, in terms of those uh, T-birds running, similar to what you would see in a suicide Lincoln. Uh, Alex Vasco checking in a little bit late, uh, but but nonetheless making it here. Good to catch up with Alex. Um, and just like that, we're at 7.05. We... <laughs> For what what it was 6:45 when I said I'm not sure, or excuse me, 5:45, Brian, when I said I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get this off the ground, and all of a sudden it's 7:05, and we had a couple of good conversations. Yeah, yeah. You sent me that text, and I'm like, said something about the internet, and I'm like, unless the world's ending, we're going to do the show because you know Chris Markor fixed stuff. <laughs> so uh, then you texted me back or stand me back or whatever, and said, hey, we're going to be good. So yeah, I think it was a good show. We uh, you know got to talk to a couple guys and. They're definitely well known, um, you know, locally and uh, you know throughout the area. And you know, uh, Corey made the the big toe to Vegas, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously he came back from there pretty successful. So it's always good to talk to us. Absolutely, Tyler Reed is going to be joining us on the 25th of January. So looking ahead, we'll see Tyler Reed on the 25th. Still putting everything together for the 18th. Um, I got to make some phone calls and, and figure things out with Tim for some projects that we got going in 2020. So I'm going to try and talk them into coming on next Monday, but I'm not sure if we're going to get anywhere. <laughs> he might be in Michigan. Snow will be on it. You know, he's at this point, he's got to be looking for something fun to do. So he, he, uh, he might be traveling the sled. He threw me a couple texts, uh, in the middle of last week as some other stuff became finalized. It's not public yet, but as some stuff became finalized. So we did trade a couple texts, but when I did ring his phone, it, it didn't ring through. So I don't know. He's always doing something anyway, though. Probably trying to buy another Cadillac clipped uh, round back. Yeah, he's uh, he's a busy dude. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we do appreciate all the support. Uh, like we said, this is a, a bit of a of a unique episode that we will only do only do one time. Um, this was the 400th time that Crash Course has gone live on Finger Lakes One, which is an accomplishment for Crash Course, and it's a testament to the dedication of Finger Lakes One to have put up with us for this long. Absolutely. <laughs> we uh, we appreciate everybody that's tuning in. Brian, any final thoughts on this one? No, we uh, like I said, good show, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully things start getting better. We do agree. Uh, we do agree. Episode number three thirty eight officially in the books for the four hundredth time. Thanks so much for tuning in. We couldn't have done it without all of the support of you fans. And uh, keep getting better, Ed. We sure do miss you. Uh, looking forward to catching up with you soon. That's going to do it for this one in the books. We're done with it. Thanks a lot for hanging out in the live chat too. We'll see everybody next time. Crash Course Live is presented by Smash It Demolition Derby, who hosts Bash for Cash, Blizzard Bash, 
and Capital City Carnage. Online at smashitderby.com. And Stirring Dirt Racing, host of May Mania's team show at the Golden Spike Arena in Ogden, Utah. Online at stirringdirtracing.com. Reckless Abandoned Derby Apparel and Derby Inc. Magazine. This is the Crash Course Demolition Derby Podcast, recorded live at the FigureLinks1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York.